G'day and welcome to the Beyond the Message podcast. My name is Lockie, I'm the host of this experience. And really my job is to help guide those 167 hours beyond Sunday or beyond the message that you can grow your faith all throughout the week. Today, we have a super special episode as we celebrate one year of this podcast. So thank you to everyone who has listened um, to any point during the last 50 or so episodes. It's really great to have your support and we thank you so much for listening. In this episode, we dive into part three of the Problem of Jesus series, talking about the problem of miracles. I asked Chris whether miracles are still possible today, whether they actually happen in the Bible, and we asked why Jesus decided to heal some people and not others. So I hope you enjoy this conversation about miracles, and once again, thank you for listening to this podcast. Chris, a very exciting day. It is. Today is the first birthday of the Beyond the Message podcast. Happy birthday, BTM. Happy birthday, BTM. This is, it's exciting, isn't it? I can't believe that, actually. I feel yeah. like, yeah, that's crazy. That's crazy. Yeah. The I think it's, this, no, you go, Chris. This time last year, middle middle of lockdown. Yeah, that's right. I, I'm trying to think of like, it's all a bit of a blur, the whole lockdown. It's kind of like just one day in my mind. Um, but I think it, you know, it was just a few conversations that led to like, hang on, well, everyone's at home. Everyone's got a bit of extra time. Uh, maybe everyone's walking. Cause it was like, remember when it was just walk your dog central? Um, I went on so many walks and so I can tell walks. you as a cyclist, this might anger some people, just so many more people were out on all the bikeways. <laughs> we were like going riding. We're like, where'd all these people come from? Like, and we were like, let's start a podcast so that people can stay home and listen to it. Yeah, well, and people are already hung up. That's well, let's right. Get them, let's give them something to listen to. Yeah. And why and not here listen we are. to us talk about some nonsense about Jesus? Exactly. Well, some of it's nonsense. Some of it's about Jesus. I should have clarified yeah. that. <laughs> that's good. But yeah, though, like that's uh, we. I think we're somewhere around the fifty episode mark. That would make sense. One a week for One a year. Week. Yep. Um, that's some quick maths there. But yeah, it's uh, it's very exciting. So thank you to all the listeners who have tuned in from the start. Or for those who popped in and said hello, we we appreciate it. It's good. It's been yeah. We and uh, we're very excited, especially to everyone who listens because it's because of them we've got the bonus episode coming up in a little Ooh, bit. It's exciting. Um, look, we won't answer a question now, Chris. Have you got a teaser question? Uh, you have access to the website. I, I I'm just hearing of these questions, but I I'm, wonder if we could get a, a, a teaser question. Just I'm telling entice. you, there are there are a heap of. Um, there are a heap of questions. There's still time for you to um, to submit your questions. So I'm sure Lockie will throw this in the side notes, but we've got questions on there about like, how do you find your purpose? Does Jesus have like a purpose for people? Um, we've got questions about where does, how does Jesus respond to homosexuality and transgender? We've got questions about, does Jesus have like a specific plan for my life that I'm going to miss out on? Um, questions like, will God talk back to me if I talk to God? And how can I talk to God? Bunch of, they're just some of them. Just some of them. Wow. Well, this bonus episode or maybe bonus 20 episodes, once we actually unpack all these questions, uh, that's going to be super exciting. You keep asking them, we'll keep trying to answer them. We will. We will. That is awesome. Cool. Well, we're into part three of problem of Jesus. Yeah. Um, Chris, I feel like it's one of those series where you have so many notes. I'm looking at your notes and just seeing how you're trying to extract like pages and pages of, of just like 
things that you're talking about and, and to condense it into a 20 minute message. Uh, so I feel that this will be a good one for you to just get a, a bit of extra space to chat about some of those ideas. And I just think, I just think uh, one of the great things about like the podcast is that, and you know, we say this all the time at beyond that church is not an hour on a Sunday. And I think that, that this podcast is so helpful because a lot of the stuff we talk about um, and particularly stuff as, as dense as what we're talking about in this series, there's only so much you can talk about and cover in 20 or 25 minutes. And so I love this podcast because we get to continue the conversation. We get to like hash out some of those things that just we couldn't because of time um, go through on a Sunday. And one of the things that I really try to do and all our communicators try to do is we try to make it as clear as possible for people on a Sunday. Uh, And sometimes in order to be clear, that just means there's some stuff that doesn't make the cutting room floor. So I'm kind of stoked to talk about this today. Yeah, that's it. We're talking about miracles. We are. Um, it's, it's one of those ones where, you know, how you like research a new car and you want to like, you know, you're like, oh, I'll, I'll get a Corolla. And then that's a pretty, pretty bad example because they're so common, but you're like, then you, all you see is Corollas. Now, I, you know, I, I've known that this topic is, has been coming up for a while. And this week, all I've heard about is miracles. Not in the sense of like, oh, wow, this is a miracle, but people just battling with the idea of like, why did this person get healed and this person didn't? Or, um, yeah, just actually thinking about like, is God real? Because uh, this, you know, some people have experienced like miraculous power and others are like, oh, I'm not sure yet. Um, it's just been one of those things that just keeps popping up this week. So I hope even for my sake, we can get some clarity um, as to this kind of concept of miracles. Yeah. So to kick us off, Chris, I want to ask, uh, are miracles still possible today? Of course, Jesus was a, a real human walking around the earth performing miracles, um, mm. but he's no longer here in his physical form. But he's a no miracle is not. But a miracle is still possible today. Well, we're we're going to talk about a little bit later. We're going to talk about what defines a miracle. So I don't really want to jump there yet. I would say the short answer is yes, miracles are possible. And I know that some people listening might be like, "Oh, you can't just." Here's why. Um, here's why I think that we struggle a lot um, in our culture and in our context with the idea of miracles. Um, and a lot of it has to do with the Enlightenment and particularly David Hume, who was a philosopher in the 17th century, um, is with the age of and the dawning of like rationalism and the Enlightenment period. Um, a lot of our thinking tends to be that, oh, well, you know, uh, the only reason that people believed in the gods when they were in Greek or Rome and, you know, Zeus and Apollos is because they were primitive and they didn't understand the seasons. And if they understood like the seasons, they would understand that, you know, the gods went out to get them. And when they prayed in a certain way that the sun came out, they would just know that that was the seasons. And so a lot of people would say, well, that's the same with Christianity. Christi- Christians are just kind of like they're stuck on that bandwagon. They're superstitious. Science can explain everything that there is. Now, the challenge that, that I have with that, and for people who've been listening to the podcast for a while, they would know that, um, that part of my background is in philosophy. And that way of thinking is actually a, a school of philosophy that's known as naturalism. And naturalism is this idea that um, 
that uh, everything arises from natural properties and natural causes. So everything that exists has to exist because it's it has a natural property or a natural cause. Pretty simple um, is that like there's nothing supernatural. Effectively, is what they're saying. There's no spiritual experiences. There's nothing um, spiritual about the world. The problem with that is right off the bat, from a scientific mindset, it it straight away discounts the fact that supernatural things are possible. And we know from experience that there are things we can't validate through science, right? We can't validate love through science. We can't validate um, social justice issues through science. We can't figure out, hey, how do we solve racial inequality by putting it in a mathematical formula and doing scientific testing to give us a conclusion. We just know we can't. We can't look at moral and ethical decisions in a scientific experiment. We know when we look at the Holocaust, that was wrong, but science doesn't tell us it was wrong. Morality tells us it was wrong. And these these things are beyond the physical in in some way, shape or form. They're what um, philosophers call meta, above the physical. And so I just think that as a philosopher and as a, a someone who likes to um, try and look at things from all possibilities. I think to say that, well, there's nothing supernatural or there's nothing beyond the natural, I think is a better way to put it because supernatural kind of sounds like ghosts and creepy. <laughs> I would say there's nothing beyond the natural that this world just is all there is. Everything comes about of its own causes. I, I just think that's to kind of be too narrow minded. And um, there's been times that I think in all of our lives where that being that narrow minded and not being open to all the evidence has really cost us. I think we think like a really popular one is the Copernican revolution. Remember when like Copernicus all of a sudden said, you know what? I don't think all the planets revolve around the earth. I think like we all revolve around the sun and everyone was like revolting and like, no, 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 that couldn't possibly happen. And then like, it comes out, you're like, no, you actually have to be open to the evidence. (laughs) Like, yeah, it does. So I would say on a purely philosophical level, yes, miracles are possible today because I want to be open to the fact that they could be uh, because I'm not closed off to the fact that there's something beyond the natural that exists in this world. There you go, Chris. I have no background in philosophy at all. And I feel you got me there in the end. Like I I feel I'm with you. I'm tracking along. Well, if I'm Uh, not at any point today, you you just push me, make me clarify. Yeah, I like, would you call yourself a philosopher? Is that the... Uh... I wouldn't. I'm not that okay, smart. Right. I, okay. I like to, I really like to study philosophy. I've studied philosophy. I love it. I enjoy it, but I would not go as that far. No. Okay, there you go. Well, you're, you're a modern day philosopher. You know, I'm a dabbler. You're a dabbler. I'm a okay, dabbler. I like it. So we agree that, that miracles are possible today. Um, that's the kind of end point that we got to. Well, I think philosophically, they definitely are um, at any level. And I think if you want to be, really genuine to certain scientific approaches. You can't go into a scientific approach ruling something out before you've investigated the evidence. I think most people would want that. Um, I think when you go to see a doctor, you don't want a doctor to rule out every single, like any possibilities um, before they've even sat down and had a consultation with you. And so I think we should do the same when we come to, to issues like this. We can't rule it out straight off the bat. Yeah, that's cool. Well, changing a little bit, we're going to be talking about Jesus um, because we are in the, the series called The Problem of Jesus. Now, some people might not um, agree or believe in, in the miracles um, that he performed. They might say, oh, it's 
you know, it's just written and it didn't actually happen. Yep. Um, but I guess we can, we can go off the uh, understanding that Jesus' miracles did mm. happen. Um, and I, I guess I want to ask, why did, why did they happen to some people, but not for others? Like in the, in the New Testament, plenty of people were healed, um, but there isn't a list of the people that weren't healed as well. Like I'm sure that Jesus walked past people that were sick and they didn't get healing. And so uh, why, why are miracles available to some and not to others? Yeah. Look, and I think I think you've kind of even highlighted for us, Locke, the the idea that, and I'm not sure if you meant to or not, but this idea that people think like, hey, Jesus just did a bunch of miracles. Um, and the re- and we don't we don't know how many he did, but there's around about 30 recorded. And when you think about the fact that Jesus, Jesus's public ministry was three years long, um, and we've got around about 30 miracles, so that's about 10 a year, which is less than one a month. That's not a great deal. He's not, he's not doing them all the time. He's not walking around. Like he's not kind of just like, you know, waking up every morning and being like, guys, just form a line and you get healed and you get healed and you get healed and you get healed. Um, which, which means to me to seem that, that every time Jesus does these, he does them with a purpose. And, um, and I would say that there's, there's three sort of, three sort of broad categories that all miracles fall into. Like they're either a sign, a wonder, or a marvel. A sign, a wonder, or a marvel. A sign um, is something that points to something else. So it's kind of like signposting, you know, like, hey, go in this direction, take this turn off, go on this this route in the highway. Um, a, mar- a wonder is an event, you know, kind of causes people to be like, oh, wow, that's incredible. You know, you're at the footy and like someone, you know, to use an AFL motion, a specky, you know, a specky, right? In, oh, you're like, wow, that's incredible um, for all our South Australian Victorian listeners. Uh, we love you. <laughs> and uh, and a marvel is like an act displaying like great power um, or great power. And all of these things, I think sometimes what we can we can get this false understanding of what miracles were, and we can kind of think that oh, Jesus was doing these miracles to make people better or to better the world around him or to like do these people a favor. Um, But the reality was, is that all of these miracles are actually pointing to something deeper. They're actually pointing to something more. They're pointing to like a deeper revelation of who God is and, um, and how humanity can experience salvation. And so I think that's an important, that's an important distinction um, to make is, is why did some Jesus do miracles for some, but not others? Well, Jesus's ultimate goal wasn't to perform a miracle. It was to point people to the new that he was coming in to point people towards God. And so in some cases, maybe Jesus decided, you know what? A miracle actually wouldn't be best for this person. Mm. Yeah. That's very interesting. Um, I guess on the similar topic, like what classifies as a miracle, like a sign, a wonder or a marvel? Uh, There's a lot of stories of healing, but is there things that happened when Jesus was around that wasn't necessarily just about healing or raising someone from the dead. Um, and also, I guess, what could classify as a miracle today? Like, is it, is it just around the healing or is there, is there more to miracles than just the sick being healed? Yeah, it's a good, look, I, I think this, this is, this is how I, I, I try to process it and understand it. And I think there is this temptation and I've been guilty of this myself. And I would have probably held this view when I was, when I was a little bit younger, not that I'm incredibly old. You're um, a philosopher. You're a 78 year old philosopher, Chris. 
That's your best form. That is your final form. <laughs> My final form is I like go into Gandalf mode. Um, yes. But I would have thought it, I would have defined a miracle at one point in my life is, you know, like when God kind of subverts the natural laws to do something, you know, God kind of says like, you know, heals someone or changes something and, and effectively like stops the natural laws and intervenes and does something. Um, but the more and more I've read the new Testament and thought about this and observed the miracles that Jesus does, the more and more that I've kind of, I would sort of say what classifies as a miracle is when God does something new because every time that a miracle is performed in the new Testament, God is doing something new. When someone is, when someone is healed, oftentimes they've, you know, we, we, uh, there's the, um, the lame man who has been that way since birth. So Jesus said, I'm going to do something new in you. Uh, the lady who was um, who was bleeding for such a long time, it was almost like she'd got to a point in her life where she was like, you know what? This is just the way that it is. And I'm so desperate. I'm just going to try and grab Jesus's rope. And Jesus is like, no, no, no. I'm going to do something new. I'm here to do something new. And so for me, I think it's actually not God subverting the natural laws. It's actually God saying, hang on a minute. I am actually the creator of the world. And if I want to do something new, I can. And so I think miracles are when, are when God does something new. And so what, what I think that means is that, you know, is Jesus still performing miracles? Absolutely. Because I think he is doing new things in the world each and every single day. You know, like when, when someone comes to faith, that's actually not a, not a moment in time. That, that's actually a journey they're entering into. And we're still on that journey where we're saying no to the old and yes to the new. And we're saying, you know, I, I used to live this way, but now I want to follow Jesus and I want to say yes to something, um, something new. So, so the, the definition could be a lot broader than, than healing, uh, physical healing. Oh, I think so. And I think like even on Sunday, when we looked at Jesus's first miracle, Jesus's first miracle was to turn water into wine, you know, and that had nothing to do with healing. That was purely a sign. Like that was signposting like, hey, I'm doing something in the world. Um, so I just, I don't think, cause, cause one of the things I think, and this is just, is, is when people come, when people come to Christianity and I, this is something that, that I think sometimes church people miss is because when people come to Christianity, they're not just asking the question, is it true? Right. That's a good question to ask, but it's not the only question they're asking. What they're asking is, will this make my marriage better? Like, will this make my relationships with my children better, my relationships at work better? Will this help me navigate my finances? And effectively what God says is God says, I want to I make something brand new out of all of you. I, I'm not done yet. Like literally your best is yet to come. And that's not a cliche line. And the reason the best is yet to come is not because you're going to turn to this awesome person who crushes it, but because God's going to do something new in you and God's going to transform you. I guess following that, does that mean we're all a product of a miracle at some point where we could have gone either way? We could have not followed God or we could have, you know, followed God. Does that mean we've encountered a miracle? Um, what's, what's that look like in, you know, our own personal lives? I think we've all been transformed by God. For those of us who are followers of Jesus, we've all been transformed and we're all continuing to be transformed um, by God. I think like, one of the things that, that, that it's important to note is that miracles like, um, I want to be sensitive to how I say this, 
because uh, I know there's lots of people listening. But sometimes I, I do think that people look to miracles as a as a way to validate their faith or to kind of define their faith. Um, and I don't think that's a super healthy thing to do because Jesus didn't seem to use miracles to kind of be like, look, guys, this is who I am. The only time he did that was when he resurrected, right? Um, but that yeah. had a lot more, that, there was a lot of other stuff going on there. Um, and so what I think it's worth noting when we talk about this is that every single person that Jesus healed, every single person that Jesus performed a miracle on eventually died. Like it wasn't like, oh, this miracle happened. Now you're free from everything else that the world has to throw at you. Faith is sealed. You're all good. Um, they all went on. They all lived. They all encountered. We don't know what for a lot of them. And they all died. <laughs> um, so. Yeah. I think if you're looking to hold on to a miracle to think like, oh, this miracle and God will do this thing and that'll show how much God loves me. I do think you're missing the point a little bit mm. because everyone who's had a miracle done to them eventually went on to die. Anyway, the miracle didn't make them super special. The miracle didn't, but the miracle hopefully pointed them to who God was and yeah. in pointing them to who God was kind of said, Hey, look, this is someone who can transform you. This is someone who can do something new in you. Yeah. I, I want to follow on and just kind of ask, like, is it okay to ask for a miracle or to pray for a miracle for yourself or for someone else? Cause I know that often people are praying for miracles for loved ones, like loved ones that are really struggling and sick um, or or children that have left and they're not um, you know, they've left home and they're living a life that um, they didn't think they would once live. Like, is it okay to pray for miracles and, or how would we actually access that transforming power that, that God clearly possesses and can use? Like, how, how do we go about trying to access that? It's a, it's a big question, Chris, but um, I'm, I'm curious myself. Yeah, it's a, ma- it's a massive question. I would say, I would say it is okay to pray for a miracle. What I, what I would say, though, is I think how we pray for it is just as important for what we pray about. So, you know, to use one of the examples that you have, maybe you have a someone that you care about that is perhaps um, maybe struggling with gambling and you just see them week after week, just getting their pay, gambling it all away. And you just kind of wish and pray to yourself, man, I just... I just want this person to transform. I kind of want a miracle because it doesn't seem like they're able to get going to be get out, able to get out of this. I think the thing to be praying is to be like, God, this is what I want. Now I'm going to leave it in your hands. Because hmm. I think one of the things and one of the challenges with, with faith is I think our faith becomes fragile when we're like, God, he's exactly what I want. He's exactly when I want it. And if you don't come through the way I want you to come through, then that's going to damage the way that I see you. And the reality is, I think we can pray for things and then put them in God's hands and say, God, as much as I want you to transform this other person's life, I know that you're transforming me in the process. And so I absolutely think it's okay to pray for a miracle. And the, the reality is, is I am, there are times when, when I've prayed with people for things and it just hasn't happened. And people have been in connect groups that I've been a part of. And they're like, Hey, I prayed for this and it just didn't happen. Like why? And the reality is I don't, 
I don't know the answer to that. Um, but I would say the same thing I said in the message is that at one time, Jesus asked for a miracle in the garden and he said, God, will you take away this suffering? And God said, nope. And I'm kind of really glad that God said no to Jesus on that one because um, it meant a whole bunch of stuff. But what that does mean is it shows us, it shows us, hey, just because things don't turn out the way we want, it doesn't mean that God doesn't care. It doesn't mean that God isn't distant. And it certainly doesn't mean that God isn't moving behind the scenes because all three things of those things were true when it came to, to God's no to Jesus. And so I think it's, yeah, when we pray for a miracle, as much as it's about transforming the other person, it's also about transforming us as well. And we have to be okay to say, God, I'm going to put this in your hands and I'm going to trust you regardless of the outcome, even though I'm going to let you know what outcome I would like. Yeah, that requires a lot of faith, hey, but that's what it's all about. Yeah, it, requ it requires, honestly, kind of like what Riley was talking about in part two, it requires us to acknowledge that God is now our own magical genie version that we create of him, you know? God is who he actually, who he says he is. And, uh, and we can't get disappointed when God doesn't come through when God's like, I never said that. I never claimed, like, that was something, that was a you thing. Like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, wow. Well, I think that reaches the end of our, our conversation on miracles. I was wondering if there's any last kind of thing you wanted to add in, Chris, just to tie it off nicely. Um, Cause it is a big conversation. Look, I think, I think on this one, the, again, it's a big conversation. There's lots of books written on this. There are a lot of people who think about this sort of stuff. I think this is a fantastic one for some of our listeners. If, if this conversation has brought up questions, please ask them in the, you know, all of them are anonymous. We don't know who's asking them, but, um, but please ask them because it'll um we'll be able to clarify some of this stuff for you and we'll be able to kind of dabble into some of the nuances of this for you yeah awesome i really encourage you to get those questions in um and again if we haven't clarified something as clearly as we could have please let us know because we'd love to revisit some of these questions if um you'd like a different perspective or something like that so go to the website ask away because we would be honored to answer your questions on the bonus episode but chris that brings us to the end of our time uh, for part three of The Problem of Jesus, thank you so much for jumping on. Uh, I'm glad we're in a great time of year. First day of the year I've seen you wear a jumper, which is always big. Uh, I love that time of year. It's getting a little cooler. It is. Um, I can't say I'm excited for it, but that's okay. I'm glad you're excited for it. I'm so excited. Winter is my season. We'll see you around. See you guys.